Lord, made it out today. I'm sure many of them didn't feel like it, but uh, the love of Christ constrained them, and they they pushed on anyway. And uh, Lord, we pray for all those that uh, Lord just didn't feel good enough to uh, to try to make it. Lord, uh, today some of them ain't been able to make it for uh, several weeks, even months. And we pray the Lord to bless them through the internet service today. Lord, I ask you tonight to give me strength, uh, Lord, this morning, and I ask you to touch me. And I uh, pray my thoughts will be your thoughts. And I pray you'd give me deliverance, uh, Lord, of that which, uh, Lord, I feel like you showed me a few weeks ago. And uh, I pray the Lord will bless it. And uh, we pray today for that one that's lost today, that, uh, Lord, that they might respond to the gospel message in a positive way. And, Lord, give us strength and voice and most of all thy spirit. And, Lord, be careful to thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Isaiah, he mentions that a child is born, and then he said a son is given. And then he goes on to mention five other things. Uh, He said his name is wonderful, he's a counselor, he's a mighty God, and he's the everlasting Father, and he's the Prince of Peace. And all of that was in that child. All of that was in that son. I'm sure if you got very much age on you at all, that you've had one of those times when somebody gave you a gift for Christmas. But you found out that when you opened the gift, you found out there was gifts in the gift. And that's what I want to preach about this morning, if the Lord will help me. I want to preach about the gifts in the gift. And uh, first of all, of course, the greatest gift is salvation. Amen. If you go over here to Don Franklin or down to Balin Gibson or over to uh, Gilead Ford, and uh, it don't matter, it don't matter what the car's got on it. It can have all the extras. It can have everything that you can get on one. But until the car becomes yours. You don't get any of the other. And so the greatest gift is salvation. Of course, it's a big gift. The Bible said, talks about it in Hebrews chapter 2. The Bible talks about so great a salvation. And I couldn't get a box big enough to get in this building to tell you how great that salvation is this morning. But you think about what Isaiah said. He said unto us, he said a child is born and a son is given. Now you race that over to the New Testament and you tie that in with Matthew 1 and verse 21 when he said his name shall be called Jesus because he'll save his people from their sins. In other words, he's a savior. It's already been quoted in our memory verse this morning. First John 3.16 For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. Now Isaiah's son is the same one Matthew's talking about. Amen. It's the one John wrote about that God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him would not perish, but have everlasting life. Now I hope this morning that 
that you have the gift. I hope you have this morning uh, the gift of salvation because without it, uh, uh, you can't have any of the other. Uh, you got to have it. It's the greatest gift. You say, Brother Rick, why do you say it's the greatest? Well, because of what it cost. Amen. You know, a lot of people that don't understand their Bible, that don't, under, don't understand salvation by grace, they always make this statement. When you tell them that you can be saved by trusting Jesus and believing on Him and receiving Him, they always say that's too easy. That's too cheap. Well, it is cheap for you and me. And the reason it is cheap, because if we had to pay uh, what it was worth, uh, uh, nobody could afford it, amen. Uh, uh, nobody would be able to buy salvation. But I'm glad that even though it was cheap for us, uh, it cost God a whole lot. I like that verse in Second Corinthians 8 and verse 9. And it said, for you know, I hope you do, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich for your sakes, he became poor. You say, how much did it cost Jesus? It cost him everything. Amen. It cost him all that he was and all that he had. Don't never, don't never disgrace the grace of God by saying it's cheap, it's not cheap, it cost a whole lot. But thank God Christ paid it. It cost him his residence. You say, what do you mean? He was in the third heaven. He's all the way back there in Genesis when God's a making man. He's walking in the cool of the garden, uh, fellowship with Adam and them. Uh, he came down from the glory world. Everything you read about heaven is that and that much more. And that's where he came to this morning. I sat in my current office this morning getting text after text. And the verse come to my mind. Over in John 21, 4, John said there'd be no more sickness. Amen. We see Jesus came from that place uh, uh, where there was no sickness uh, uh, to bear your sickness on the cross, amen. Uh, uh, now Jesus never was sick because uh, that sickness is a result of sin and the fallen nature and the curse. Uh, but you see, Jesus didn't have no fallen nature. and He never did get sick. He got everybody else well. He left the riches of glory. Oh, the riches that Christ had the Bible said that though he was rich, yet for your sake uh, he became poor. In other words, he gave up all the riches so that you could be rich this morning. Who wants to be a millionaire? Get saved. Amen. You'll be rich in grace and mercy and the love of God. Uh, and all them things money cannot buy. He left it all. You say, what did it cost him? It cost him his relationship with the Father for six hours on the cross. The only time he ever called his Father God, my God, my God, 
You say, why did he do that? Because at that moment he had become sin. He had become our sin. And God had to turn away from him because he's of too much holy eyes to look upon sin. It cost him, in reality, the highest thing that anybody could ever give. The highest thing you could ever give is not in your billfold, not in the bank. The highest thing that you could ever give for somebody is to give your life. That's what Jesus did. The Bible said though he was rich for your sakes, he became poor. We think about where he came from. The Bible said in Galatians 4, the Bible said there, it said, but when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son. Can I tell you, I love the song, Oh, What a Savior. But there's no truth in it about them searching through heaven to find a Savior. No, he was willing to go and it was the plan of God from the foundations of the world. They didn't have to search nowhere. He was right there. He came a long ways. We don't think about how far he came. I think about a story I read years ago over in Africa about a little African boy. And uh, that little African boy was listening as as a Christian missionary lady teacher was teaching about Christmas and about Jesus and about what he went through and how far that he came. And for three days, the little boy didn't show up. When he came back to school, he presented the teacher with a very rare, very unique shell for Christmas. And... uh she knew that you couldn't find that shale just anywhere, that you had to go about three days' journey uh, to an island where that shale was. Uh, and uh, so it had been gone three days. He went over there and he got that shale and he brought it back and he gave it to his teacher. And his teacher said, Son, you shouldn't have done that. That's a three-day journey. That's a long ways to go to get this gift for me. But the little boy looked up and smiled at her. And he said, the trip's part of the gift. You see, this morning Jesus came a long way to come down here to where you and I live. And the trip is part of the gift, amen. The suffering, the trials, the beating, the crucifixion, it's all part of the gift. Oh, what it cost. It's the greatest gift. You say why? Because of what it cancels. You and I owed a great sin debt. In days past, I have been had a lot of debt. Days past, and I owed a lot of people money. In days past, before I got back where I need to be with the Lord, and the Lord taught me about stewardship and tithing and. Uh, about about paying bills and do your best to owe no man nothing. And uh, I worked on that for a long time. Uh, uh, but I want you to know this morning, uh, it was a good feeling when I walked in there and made the last payment on our house. We've been paying on a long time. It's always a good feeling to pay off a debt. But the largest debt that I've ever had... Uh, was my sin dead, uh, 
and no amount of stewardship, no amount of saving, nothing I could do uh, I would ever pay off that great debt that I owe. But Jesus came. Jesus died. Jesus suffered on an all rugged cross. And He paid that sin debt for me. And neighbor, when it comes to heaven, I don't owe a dime. That ought to be enough right there to to shout about. Amen. I don't owe nothing in heaven. Everything's paid in full. I read years ago about a doctor. He was a kind-hearted doctor, the kind we need more of in our kind of day. And he wasn't in it just for the money, but he loved people and he wanted to help people. And after he died, his wife, she got the record book and she seen where there were a lot of people that, that he hadn't charged a dime for for their surgeries and their services because they didn't have no money. But his wife wasn't of that kind of a nature. And after he died, she got all them record books and, and she went to the courthouse and she was going to try to collect all that money that never was charged. Uh, the judge looked at it just for a moment and he shook his head uh, and he said, Ma'am, that can't be done. Uh, it's signed with your husband's handwriting paid in full. Uh, I'm glad, listen, I'm glad written across my sin file is the red writing of Jesus. Thank God uh, I paid in full. Uh, feels good to be out of debt this morning. But you see, Romans 5, the Bible said, Therefore being justified by faith. That's salvation. That's how we're justified. Just as if we'd never sinned. It has to do with our our standing with God. The Bible says, Therefore being justified by faith. That's salvation. That's the best gift. Salvation's the best gift. Amen. Amen. But that ain't the only gift. Amen. I'm glad for salvation. But I'm glad it don't stop there. For the Bible says, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God. I tell you, inside the gift, uh, the greatest gift, but inside that gift... uh, Thank God that we have peace with God. Now, I didn't say the peace of God. I said we have peace with God. It has to do with their standing, amen, with the Lord. You see, James said that if you love the world and you're a friend of the world, you're at enmity with God. That means you're at war with God. You see, if you're not saved this morning... You don't have, you're not at peace with God. If you're not saved this morning, you're like Cain. Uh, uh, you're, a, you're, a, you're a fugitive and a vagabond, uh, and you're really trying to run from God. Uh, but oh, listen, glad day, good day. When I got saved, and I got at peace with God, no unsaved sinner has that. There's no way that no unsaved sinner can be, can have peace with God. If you had peace with God, you wouldn't be running from Him. You wouldn't be afraid to go to sleep at night. 
You wouldn't be fighting against Him. Oh no, listen, only the same person, the only one that got the gift of salvation, only them have the peace of God this morning. You see, that's a privilege. Has to do with our state being being now. Now you won't circle that word. Being now justified by faith, we have peace with God. Amen. Justified by faith. Not by what we did this week or we didn't do or what we're going to do. I know our state was decided with God the day we got saved. We got to, we become at peace with God. We're not at war with God anymore. I'm not God's enemy, man. What a wonderful thing. God is no longer our enemy. The war's over. That war we fought. Until we got saved, you may be fighting it this morning. When you get saved, that war's over. You're at peace with God. Isn't that a wonderful gift this morning? To be at peace with God. You say, where does that peace come from? It comes from the Savior. The Bible says in Ephesians 2 and 14, for He, and this is my addition here, for He, Jesus, is our peace. You know why I have peace? Because as a 10-year-old boy, I took the gift. Jesus, He lives in my heart. And we live in a troubled world. Some of you have been through a lot of trouble. Even though you're saved. You've been through cancer. Funeral homes. Gravesides. You've been through all of that. You say, Brother Rick, I'm saved, but all that I had to go through and what was coming, I was troubled about it. I understand that. I'm not saying that. But down deep inside, there's a deep settled peace. You see, it wasn't on the outside, it was inside. And it doesn't matter what the world does, it doesn't matter what... Biden does or don't do. It don't matter what Russia does or China does. If we're saved and have the gift of salvation, down deep in our heart, there's a deep, settled peace that God is in control. Boy, I like Rome 31. You say, what does it say? If God be for us. God's for me now. God's not against me. God's for me. If God be for us, who then can be against us? Who can go against God and win? Nobody can. And though our present surroundings may cause us trouble, down deep inside your heart, God has put a, a gift inside the gift called peace with God. And if you walk with God and live for God and try to do what God would have you to do, you'll enjoy the peace of God. But whether you enjoy the peace of God or not, you you are at peace with God. You say, why? Because nothing can change that state. It's forever settled when you got saved. 
Isn't that wonderful? Amen. Well, it goes on and says, by whom we have access by faith. There's another gift inside the gift, and it's called access. You say, what do you mean? I can go in and out. Ain't that what Jesus said? John 10, He said, they'll go in and out. I have access. You see, in the Old Testament economy, they didn't have that. Only the high priest had access into where God was. And he had to go in just so, so, or he'd be killed. But I'm so glad I live on this side of the cross. Somebody said, I'd like to live back there. You can have it. Most of y'all be dead. All of you be dead if you live back there. You say, why? They stoned adulterers. Amen. They kill murderers. An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Oh, I'm glad I live on this side of Calvary. I'm glad I have access to the Lord Jesus. Wasn't that way in the Old Testament economy? They things were not accessible. Now you ought to understand that in this social media world in which we live. You say why? A lot of things you don't have access to. You can't get in there. It'll say no access. It'll say not accessible. That is unless that you have an okay or unless you have the password or unless you're able to identify some way that they'll let you in. Well, I'm glad that I have the privilege this morning that I can go into the throne room of grace. Three o'clock at night, twelve o'clock noon, eleven forty-five. I have access. You say why? I can get in because I know God's Son. He He knows me. I read about during the Civil War, Abraham Lincoln was in his office and they, they would come daily to see Abraham Lincoln. There was a man sitting out in the office and he only had one leg. He lost the other leg in the war. And there was a young boy out there and he played with him all day, talked with him all day. They became real good friends. And the boy's name was Tad. And at the end of the day, Abraham Lincoln come out the door he said, I'm not seeing anybody else today. I'm done for the day. And his son, Tad, said, Daddy, come here. And he went over there and he said, I want you to meet my friend. I've been talking to him all day. He's my friend. Daddy, he come to see you today. And Abraham Lincoln said, well, I'm done for the day. But anybody that's a friend of my son is a friend of mine. You come on in. I'm not getting in because I'm a preacher. I certainly am not getting in on the how good a life I live. I have access because uh, that I know Jesus. Amen. 
I'm glad I got in the family. He's my elder brother. Thank God. Thank God. You ever read over in Esther? They taught uh, Steve taught in Esther. Did you ever read where Esther went in to see the king? And that king had to have that sepulcher pointing out to you. And if he didn't have that sepulcher pointing out, you couldn't see him. Well, I'm glad since I got saved. I'm glad the sepulcher is always pointing toward me. Amen. I'm glad that I can go in any time I want to go in. I know the password. You see, if you know that password, you can get in. Man, they'll call me. She'll say, Brother Rick, what's the password to the church website? A prayer chain. Because we have to change it so much because if something happens with a computer, I don't know. We have to change it. We've had a lot of passwords. But it don't matter if you put the old one in there. It don't matter if you make up one. It don't matter if you try to use your own. No access. But as soon as I give her the password, she can go right on in there and do business. Brother Sammy, I know the password. The password is Jesus. Amen. He said, whatsoever you ask in my name, that will I do. I don't go in there and say, Hey, Lord, it's Rick Prophet, pastor. Same church, 42 years. Been preaching going on 43. Can't get in. But I can go in there and say, Lord, it's Rick that accepted you at 10 years old, got saved. And I'm coming in Jesus' name. And it's just like one of them doors that when you say Jesus' name, it just opens up. Oh, listen. You don't know how important it is to have access until you've needed access. An accident, a bad doctor's report, children in trouble. I'm glad that there's access into the throne room of God. I don't have to sneak in. I don't have to just crept in. The Bible said that us that know the Lord, we can come boldly into the throne room of grace. I have a little trouble with that. I don't know about y'all. But even though the Lord told me to, I have a little trouble just coming boldly in there. I still want to come kind of humbly. Even though He said I could come boldly, don't you? Amen. Thank God for excess. Well, look at this. He said, verse 5, and hope. Hope. We got another gift in the gift. You say, what are you saying? I'm saying we got hope. Amen. Now, the Bible uses that word hope. Over 70 times and it don't use it like you use it. It's not saying like folks tell me all the time, I hope I'm going to heaven. I hope I make it. I hope I'm good enough. You're not. I hope. 
Let me show you how the Bible uses hope. Look in Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 17. The Bible said, Wherein God willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability of His counsel, confirmed it by an oath, that by two immutable things, in which it was impossible for God to lie. Now you can, but God can't. When you say God won't save you, you lied because God said He would. Amen. Amen. Let every man be true. Let God be true and every man be a liar. Always go by this book. Watch this. We have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge. Run to Jesus. To lay hold upon the hope set before us. There's our word hope. Which hope we have. An anchor of the soul. Both sure and steadfast. Which entereth into the veil. Every, every hope I know about. Every, every anchor I know about down here. They go down. But you know everything about a child of God's opposite of the world. And our anchor don't run down. It runs up. Amen. The Bible said that we're, we're anchored within the veil. We're anchored there with Jesus. That means this morning if I'm anchored, I might drift out here a little bit. Now, if you say you're a Christian and you can do like this, no pulling back, I'd check it out. Because you have an anchor, and that anchor may let you drift a little ways from the shore, but it won't let you drift too far from the shore. We have hope this morning. Thank God our hope is in a person. You see, that's Jesus. And all these are in Him. We got Him, we got it all. We may not know about it, but it's in there. And the Bible says, and hope maketh not a shame. You see, the world has a false hope. The world, they say they have hope, but they don't have hope. You say, why? There's no way to have hope without having Jesus. He's the only hope of this world. I don't know about you, I about give up on it. Amen. I'll probably do like Brother Epps does till I die, the Lord comes. I'll probably continue to vote for the lesser of two Antichrists. But I don't have no hope in any of them. My hope's in Jesus. The government, when the government's on his shoulders. And of His peace there'll be no end. Have hope this morning because of Jesus. First Timothy 1 and 1 said, Our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ, listen, which is our hope. Jesus is our hope. And if you don't have Jesus, you don't have no hope. I don't care what the 
priest told you or the preacher told you. I don't care what they say. If you don't have Jesus, you have no hope. It's what Ephesians 2 says. We were without God and alone in the world without hope. Let me tell you what it says up to that point. You say our hope is in the Lord. Amen. You see, our hope is not only in a person, our hope is in a promise. I'm baking it all on Romans 10 verse 9. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, they shall be saved. I called on Him one day and I believe His promise. You say, well, a preacher told me this. Who are you going to believe, a preacher or God? There ain't no preacher that comes above God. We have the promise, Titus 1 and 2. We read it over there in Hebrews. But Titus 1 and 2 said that you and I that are saved, that we are in hope of eternal life. That God who promised before the foundations of the world cannot lie. God said you do that and you did that. You did that best you knew how from your heart. God cannot lie. Amen. The fourth gift is hope. Thank God for hope. Our hope is in a person. Our hope is in a promise. Our hope is in a personal return of Jesus Christ. Titus 1 and 13 the Bible said the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. There's our hope. Those of us that say that's our hope. Amen. Jesus to come back. Wouldn't that be a good Christmas gift? Wouldn't it be good to go home for the holidays? Just stay there. Amen. I'm glad that Jesus is our hope. But then, look at Romans 5 and verse 5. The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, watch it, which is given unto us. Amen. The gift of the Holy Ghost. The Bible calls it a gift many times. You know, in this Romans 5, three times God calls it the free gift. Amen. I'm not a bum. I'm not standing on the roadside holding a sign instead of working a job and being able to do so. But I like free stuff. Y'all remember when they used to give out that, I called it welfare cheese. Boy, that's the best cheese ever was. That's, that's better than Vienna. Whatever it is. I mean, you just about lie, still do anything to get a box of that, amen. Listen, I'm talking about the gift within the gift. 
We have salvation. We have peace. We have access. Amen. We have hope. But thank God we have the Holy Ghost. Woo, what a gift. I'm loving that about as much as any of them these days. Man, this old world's rough, Sammy. I found out the closer you get home, the rougher the road gets. Amen? But I'm so glad that when Jesus went away, He didn't say, I'm going to leave you here and make it the best way you can. He said, I'm going away. It's expedient that I go away. Because He said, if I go away, then the Comforter will come. He's called the witness, the spirit of truth. A lot of different names he's called in the Bible. He's one, one way that you can know you're saved. you got the witness in you. Amen. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Listen, no unsaved person has any of these gifts. No unsaved person can have the gift of the Holy Ghost and be unsaved. But no saved person cannot have it. The Bible said, If any man hath not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. You better know you got the Holy Ghost. You know in Acts 2.38, Peter's preaching to them Jews. He tells them to be baptized for the remission of their sins that they might receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Because of the gift. But you're going over to Acts 10. Over in Acts 10, verse 43, it ain't Jews, it's Gentiles. You know what the Bible said in verse 43? They did to get the Holy Ghost. They didn't get baptized. They believed. I'm glad that when I believed, I got the gift of the Holy Ghost. He's becoming my favorite gift. I'm not talking about wildfire. Amen. I know a lot of y'all are scared of wildfire. Hey, I've watched you. Don't worry. You ain't in too much danger. Amen. I'd rather have a little wildfire than no fire. Sometimes it takes a little fire to get a little fire going. Amen. But we got the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now listen, you said, Brother Rick... You said that was one of your favorite gifts. That's right. You know why? Because the gift of the Holy Ghost is the gift of Christ. The Bible said this about those of us that are saved. Christ in you. Well, Christ ain't in me. He's up there on the right hand of God the Father, the person of Christ. But you know who is in me? The Holy Ghost. You see Him and Jesus and God. They're all God. You say, explain that. You do that and come back and tell me about it. Amen. I just believe it because the Bible said so. Listen, Christ in you, the Holy Ghost in you, the hope of glory. I like Him because the Bible said, Jesus said, I'll pray the Father and He'll send you another comforter. Boy, the Lord, he just, he just picks the right names, don't he? You know what? You know, I bet every one of you has got a comforter at home. You might get one for Christmas. 
And you on them cold nights, you can just pull it up. You might even get plumb under it, just covered with it. But it comforts you, it warms you. Feels good. Most of them's got that fuzzy stuff on the inside. I've never had one rough. They're always smooth. They always feel good. They're always comfort. I reckon when my wife's getting old, at least I am, honey. Say why? Every night she gets in her recliner and I get in mine. And we got her comforter. She's got one I got one. And I get in there and pull that comforter up and it keeps me warm. It feels good. I feel secure. That's the way the Holy Ghost is. Amen. I like the Holy Ghost just get all around me. I like sometimes to just go plumb under. Get that comfort of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is the executor of all these other things. He's the power of attorney, if you will. When my mother died, they made me power of attorney. Of course, I had the power. I could sell or do whatever I needed to do in her name. Well, the Holy Ghost is the executor, the power of attorney for Jesus. And He's the one who makes sure you find out what belongs to you. Amen. Comforter. I want to give you this, and I'm done this morning. You might not have thought about this. But in Matthew 1 and 20, the Bible says about what we're celebrating this time of year. The Bible says about Mary, that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. Luke 1 35. The Holy Ghost was the one that planted that divine seed in Mary. Man, that gives me a little bit of a cold chill up here. The Holy Ghost moved upon her. Luke said it this way, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee. Did you know you ain't no virgin born child of God? But did you know the same thing happens to you? The Holy Ghost, He moved upon you one day. He took that divine seed of the Word of God and He placed it down within you. We're not born again by corruptible seed, but by the incorruptible seed of the Word of God. The Holy Ghost. He caused you and me, amen, to conceive. We got a lot when we got the Lord, didn't we? Amen. Got the Holy Ghost. Got hope. Got excess. Got peace. Got Jesus. Got Jesus. You want Him? You want Him? You say, what I got to do to get Him? Come and get it. 
He's already said you can have it. He's holding it out for you. Come and get it. Free gift. No strings attached to this salvation thing. It's yours. Well, I'm so glad that I got him. And I needed about 400 boxes to tell everything we got when we got him. But I just used Romans 5 because the Lord laid it out so wonderful. Right here is the best gift. You want it? Young, old, middle-aged. Cheers. You'll come and get it and ask for it. Take it back with you and you'll take all that other stuff too. Father, I thank you this morning for Lord the thought. I thank you for the illustrative ability.